Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers. I'm Lockie Bradford. And I'm Robbie Hicks. And on today's episode, we have an absolute treat of an episode. We have Dauda Leonard, uh, founder and CEO of Create Safe. Uh, he's also an investor in FaZe Clan. What else does he do, Lock? Matt, he's a spiritual technologist. Uh, he manages Grimes, DJ Snake. He's doing some things on the blockchain, on the crypto net. He's doing everything, man. He's just, he's telling us what's happening before it's even happening. This is probably the coolest, one of the coolest episodes, if not the coolest we've ever, ever had. And uh, the conversation, the type of, type of things we're into, like making rockets and, I don't know, buying NFTs and like just futuristic tech shit. Love that. Just love it. Dauda, thank you so much for jumping on and uh, chatting with us on the Funny Business Podcast. For those listening at home, who are you and what do you do? Well, uh, nice to meet you guys and, and, and check in. My name is Dauda Leonard, and I am the CEO and co-founder of a company called CreateSafe. And we build software for artists and their teams. And, you know, a little bit maybe more in depth, it's like, what are like the software tools that artists need to manage their business in this new millennia? Like, what is that? What, like, what do you, like, I asked that to other people. I've asked that to myself. And that's how we got to the place of like building things like a, this uh, product called the record deal simulator, another product called the publishing simulator. We've also created a CRM for managers, you know, to basically be able to manage like the business of your client and other like tools for a and R. So it's music focused. And um, we're currently building a product that's that, that kind of like is in the space of web three in that like, it's um, a money management solution using crypto for uh, people in music. Oh my God. So okay, huh? when did this all start then? Cause I, I'm just doing a bit of research. Like you, you're managing Grimes or looking after her. You're doing a bunch of other different things. Like where did it all start? Like where did this idea spawn from? Like just through the problems and going, I think I've got the solutions. I've got the people around me. I've got the sort of ideas flowing in the head. Like how did it create safe start? We started create safe four years ago. And it was because I was, I was always like an independent actor within the music industry, working as a manager or a publisher um, or as a producer. And what I started to, to recognize, I, I had various partnerships working with DJ Snake, or I was working with Skrillex or another company called M3, which is like a producer management company. And what I noticed is like everyone needed like infrastructure. And, you know, I had a business background, so a business and tech background. And so I was just like really trying to, to be like, I was just like having these moments of thinking a lot about like, how can you provide infrastructure now, given the way technology works? Like, how can you provide infrastructure to people the way we're, we're all communicating with each other now? Like, whether it's like, what is it, remote working, um, you know, like uh, using SaaS products, um, the, the pay-as-you-go services, things like, you know, ride sharing and stuff like that. Like, that's like how we live our lives today. And what could those solutions do for people in music and artistry to provide like, a, you know, a level of infrastructure? Because I needed it for myself at the time. And so I, you know, initially what we started doing is I, you know, went out and hired, you know, some of my friends 
Um, and I focused on being like, okay, like how do we take technology that's already available and use that to augment their businesses? So anywhere from like Asana for like project management or um, Copper for managing your deals and your contacts or just using like Google, you know, Drive even more efficiently with how you manage your files or Dropbox, things like that, like applying these, these, this software that like a lot of other industries use and, and using it for artists. Um, we started with DJ Snake and then we started working with Grimes. We also worked with another artist named Blood Pop. And we just basically used our products and our services team to manage these, biz you know, these businesses a little bit more efficiently, helping them to increase their profits and you know, cut their costs. Etc. And just be artists, like, like get, put them in the position to be what they need to be most, which is like creative. Um, I always, you know, not, recently what I've been thinking is like creating is real, but business is essentially like made up. <laughs> and so if it's made up that you could like use technology to like work on those problems very easily, or you could like figure out solutions because you just make up the solution. Uh, so that's what CreateSafe is. We make solutions uh, to solve music business problems. That's crazy. So you're pretty much setting like futuristic trends of like, this is where the industry is sort of heading. Like how did some of the things that you've got, like the, the deal simulator, like, tell us about that. What, what goes into building something like that? Well, that was sort of, it was like one of the first tools that we built when I, when I was first thinking about CreateSafe because you know, we had had a ton of success with DJ Snake's out first album, and he had like five billion streaming records. He set like you know create a big you know Spotify records, and uh, Skrillex and Blood Pop had produced like Justin Bieber's Purpose album, and we we're just looking at all these big numbers and saying like, what is this supposed to amount to? And first of all, in, in music, it's like you don't see that money right away. People, and this is like well known, right? Like it's like what happens even this month. If you have a record deal with a major record label, you probably won't see that money for nine to 18, maybe even longer months. Um, and so you're like forecasting like, okay, when, this when we do know these periods that this money does come in, what can we expect? And you know, in reality, there were no tools that really showed you that, which is like, yes, there are streaming calculators where you can like be like, okay, this is the rate you times that rate by the amount of streams. But what happens when you put cost against that or different terms in your deal that like explain to you how the money flows? And so we just sort of put together those mechanics, that logic with those like financial equations. And that's how the deal simulator was born. Have you always had a passion for music? You mentioned having a business and tech background. Where, where did the passion for music start for you? When I got to college the, the first week I was there I had a Busta Rhymes uh When Disaster Strikes CD and I had it like two weeks before it came out I had bought it from the local record store I'm from Brooklyn uh in Bed-Stuy and they were set they were selling that CD two weeks before it was supposed to come out and so I arrived in school and I'm the only person that's got this Busta Rhymes CD. And it was like, that was when like that song, um, Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See. That was like one of, you know, Busta Rhymes' biggest records, um, especially at that time. 
And I was the I was the the, the kid who had that, you know, at college. So I'm going around just playing it to my friends. And it's like, I think it was like in that moment, I recognized how what music can do. I, I say this a lot, like the, the foundation of like Create Safe is built on this idea of like, like what is the value of music to like society in a lot of ways. And then that's like, that's our business function, right? It's like, I'm involved in making sure music is valuable. And that extends to the kid who buys that and like that means something, right? And I could share that to my friends. And now like we've created a friendship because of like mutual shared interests. So it's like, it's like a kind of a philosophical uh, how I got into music slash, it was just, I think that moment I realized that, but it wasn't until, I think it was like a year later, um, I had, I was, you know, I had a T1 line and I was like getting access to music online. This is 98. And now I'm like, really like the, the guy with a bunch of music. And it was just like, okay, this is cool. Like, and it, so it was more like a passion than it was, oh, I want to be in the music industry. Um, me working in the music industry came from, I started trading music with this local DJ producer named Clinton Sparks. And he was, a, you know, he was a mixtape DJ. And so he was looking for exclusives to put on his mixtape. And I was trying to get like stuff from him so I could like share it online also just to like, to, you know, to, to be able to get access to more cool music. Um, and so we developed a friendship and then I started like doing like, I built his first website. Um, I started designing his mixtape covers and, and vinyl covers of artists that he was producing. And so it just more so I, I turned that passion into a business immediately. And it wasn't, it was sub, it was subconscious. I was more so thinking about being a web designer. Um, and, and like, I was thinking about like how technology at that time could affect businesses. Um, I was working for a venture firm and it was a private equity group called uh, Tudor Investment. And so I was like building computers. My major was management information systems. <laughs> and, um, and so I was like building computers at this like hedge fund and building websites on the side. Like I built the venture groups website and I was like, oh, I could do this for other people. And I was doing, I did it for Clinton. And then that, got, those two things got me more business. I would just turn around and be like, hey, I could design your website. And like, you know, uh, I wanted rims for my car. I traded a website for some rims, some Anteras. I'm not into cars like that anymore, but, or rims, but like, I was definitely loving when I had some Anteras on an Infinity i30 um, because I had done someone's website. I mean, that first, that was my first car purchase at 19 or 20, I think it was. And it was because I built some websites that I had this job. It's crazy. Right. So then what happened from there? You mentioned you do producing, you do design, you do create safe. Like what, what do you do everything? No, no, <laughs> I don't produce right now. And it was, a, it was like a, from 2015 to 2017 is when I started working with this producer named Switch. So it was like myself, this guy named Switch and another guy named Rick Trainer, um, and two other people, Noah Shy and Jeff Penalva like producer engineers and we started this this project called with you and it was about like djing and producing and just putting out like music that we were all into and i like learned like up from like 2003 to then i had like learned 
A&R and I learned how to make records. And one of my, like, like one of the people on our team or like, like uh, that was a part of our, me and Clinton's company. Um, we were like really good friends. He's like my, he's like my fraternity brother. And he was a, uh, he went to Berkeley and was a musician. And he kind of taught me how so the music software works. And so I had an understanding of like music production and A&R and how it works, but I was only doing it for like the benefit of our, how we were working on a team. But that was a project that I like, you know, start, you know, got involved in where I began DJing and began like actually being involved in the, the production of the songs. And yeah, that was cool. And it made me, it led me to, to kind of like building Create Safe because like as a, as putting myself like squarely in the shoes of the creator at that point in time, I could recognize the things that were also affecting me from a business standpoint and what I didn't like about it. But the, the intersection between technology and music, I think that a lot of people, maybe they've got that creative flair, they're, they're, they're interested in music, but they don't understand the tech side of things. How important do you think that it is that you had those skill sets and be able to bring the, bring the two together? Well, I wish I would have really been like focused on that when I was that young also. Like, um, like it was, it was more like, like my, the way in which I digest technology is like, I, 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 I'm, I'm able to understand it and sometimes implement it, but it doesn't become the thing that I want to spend my time doing. And so when you want to make music, it has to be the thing you want to, if, if you want to be at the, at the, at the forefront of creation, sometimes you kind of need to understand the technology and even understand how to implement it. Because even if you're not sitting at the, the device, that's, and I use the word technology, it could be the piano. Piano is a form of technology. It's an older form of technology, um, right? So it's like, if you don't understand how to use those devices, then how, and say you just want to be the director or the, like, the, uh, like a producer that who's not using the device, you have to be able to exp explicitly explain what you want the person to do on your behalf that you've hired, right? You have to be able to say, I want you to, you know, play this in this key using these chords. And I want the vibe to feel like this. And I want, you know, the sonic to sound, I want it to sound like this. And it has to be explicit sometimes, like at least to whomever you're communicating with, right? So like understanding the technology, I think is like extremely important, um, whether that's intuitively or, technically. Um, and so I think I spend time on the intuitive side more than the technical side, even though I've, I've had some technical experience. Well, I don't mind that. Um, I, like, I like that answer. Uh, tell us about, you're an investor in a few different things. FaZe Clan's one of them. You mentioned Clinton Sparks. I think he's part of the FaZe Clan or something, isn't he? He works there. Or he does something there, doesn't he? Yeah, he was, um, he and Three other people were a part of FaZe Clan. They now have another esports company called Xset. And but um, so I'm an investor in FaZe Clan by accident. <laughs> but I still, but like I, I still I I still rep it. And it's like the accident was more so that I invested in my friend who was building something else. And then he ended up like merging his company, this guy named Greg Selko, he ended up merging that company into the company that owned FaZe Clan. And then they just like combined it to be FaZe Clan. Um, and it was like sort of like this esports management, you know, platform. 
Um, and, you know, where Greg is like an expert is at startup life and building startups, but also kind of in the fashion and influencer space. And so they broke off from FaZe Clan, I think sometime last year and started Exet. Um, but yeah, like I, you know, I love the, the esports um, community, like what's, bu- what's building there. I, I, you know, I like, uh, I think I'm interested in what I think could be a new version of that, which is like in the sort of like the crypto space. I think that there's going to be sort of like, it, they call it guilds. So it's like the guild space, which is basically like esports teams and stuff like that, but who are involved in crypto gaming or crypto economics and, and like I'm really interested in that space. I think um, what FaZe Clan has done has been really incredible because they really opened the door that and 100 Thieves and different like uh, brands like that for the world of what like gaming is now becoming. You know, it's like increasingly being becoming this mainstream lifestyle, like how like sort of like streetwear and and like um, like a uh, action sports culture feel like they're like sort of mainstream. Like it's like everybody skates skateboards now, kind of, or yeah. you know everybody might wear a Supreme shirt if they can afford, I guess, or like some Nike SBs, right? Like those cultures are just they feel a part of regular life. Um, and gaming, I think, is 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 becoming that. So yeah, it's really really exciting space. It's crazy to watch it from here, from Australia, which I don't think gaming has, has hit that peak yet of like crossover into that mainstream culture. Whereas you see some of the lineups when people do may, uh, merch drops over there and there's people lined up for blocks to go mm. and meet meet these creators. It's like sneaker culture, it's like sneaker culture or whatever it may yeah. be. It's like for me that that whole crossover of like the credibility of who they are, not as only as a profession, but as an industry, like can you go into a bit of that about like what is the buzz over there? Like these people are like they're genuine celebrities. Well, I think it's like, oh man, like if you think about, you know, I saw some, some friends of, I forget who I was talking about this with. We were talking about like how Tyler, the creator, okay, this, this is an interesting statement that I'm going to make. Tyler, the creator is, has made golf cool. Yeah. I, and like, there is an emerging trend right now, at least in the US right now around like streetwear, action sports culture really having a presence in golf space right now. I don't know if y'all seen that or know that, but a lot of folks are playing golf and like making like cool streetwear brands around golf. And I'm like, oh snap, like Tyler, the creator for the last 10 years has, has been a part of like the, the, the growth of streetwear culture, because like everything he's done on Fairfax, like around what he, his music, his brand called golf Wang, like it's very interesting. And then all of a sudden I'm starting to see this other world starting to expand around golf. And I'm like, ah, Tyler, the creator is a part of that. And so when you ask like, like, like what is going on? I'm like, it's like, it's just these interesting planets colliding through just exchanges of like culture, you know, right? Like it's like, it's the music, it's the fashion, it's the language, it's the online capabilities of being able to connect and see what people are doing and like 
you're able to like make something new because you could just be on TikTok and see something new, right? Like here's a, here's a I've said this before, it's like a, an interesting thing is like, something's happening right now where you, like where you guys live? Torquay in Victoria, um, Australia, like Melbourne. No, right, so you're in Melbourne and y'all are like a day ahead of us. So like, if I go right now to see what's on Melbourne TikTok, that's the future. <laughs> I can see yeah. something happening in the it's always trippy, isn't it? Yeah. Trips me out thinking about that. So it's like that's what's happening around the world. People are like, it's 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 next level. And so with gaming, it happens even more because of things like Discord. You know, like you have people who are like at home, they're playing these games, they're on Discord, they're talking to each other, they're guilted, you know, they've teamed up, they're like sharing their interests in Discord chat, they're playing the same video game, listening to the same music. Yo. That's like living in the same house almost. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Uh, what about the music elements of that? Like you've seen some of these with COVID and the pandemic across the world, like live shows and live music has been, uh, everyone's sort of taking a back seat around that sort of thing. But things like um, immersive online experiences with like Travis Scott did one through Fortnite. And I think who was the other one? Ariana just, Grande. Ariana Grande oh, just oh. did one. Like th- those using technology or these, these different platforms to create immersive experiences where it's connecting gaming and music. What are your thoughts? Yeah. On that? I mean, we just did an activation with discord um, where Grimes actually performed in a, a festival splendor XR. Yeah. Uh, but she DJed and we didn't, we didn't, um, what we were looking to do is um, create a, a really interesting new audio experience, which was, like DJing is all about the audio. There is a visual component to it, but DJing is all about the audio, what you're playing um, and that experience. And we were like, oh, we have this partnership with Discord and there's this thing called Discord Stages and Stages is this live audio event. So let's bring the festival into the Discord stage. And it's like the Discord stage inside of Splendor XR, but inside of Discord, it's like this, trippy thing and not everything perfectly matched up like there were glitches and and like but it was cool because she was in the chat communicating the entire time talking and answering questions and DJing and playing new records and so there's like the visual online experiences but there's also the the, the, the audio experience and like it's like these you were there moments I went to the Travis Scott one you know on my switch um I didn't make it to the to the Ariana, but I look at it that way. I even I perceive it to I didn't make it to the event. Not that I wasn't uh, playing the game at that time. That was an actual event that happened in the metaverse. Oh, <laughs> so where's your in your head? Like you're working with all these cool artists. I'm sure they have a million different ideas. And how do you, how do you sort of do you live in that space where you're constantly looking at the trends and you're looking all around the world at different influences to sort of see, like you mentioned, the intersection of all these different uh, industries and that, is that like, is that where your head's constantly playing in? Where I'm, where I personally, what I do is I'm like, I pick, I pick different platforms to hang out at. (laughs) So like right now I hang out on Twitter and discord and maybe a little bit of Instagram um, I hang out on Zoom, <laughs> like, right, I'm hanging out on Zoom with you guys. Uh, I hang out on, on Google Meets a lot. Uh, what else? And, um, and, and I think then I'm like constantly 
sort of like searching in direct in like spaces that like are more traditional, right? Like I'm like reading books, um, uh, watching documentaries, and um, I'm asking questions. I ask a lot of questions and take a lot of notes. And that's kind of like how I do it probably. Um, I would say like Discord is really fun right now, especially if you like don't overload yourself. If like you find a couple of communities that you're really excited about and dive in there. One of those that I'm involved in is called FWB. It's called like stands for Friends with Benefits. It's a crypto and culture community. And you have to own 75 FWB tokens in order to be a member of this community, which is like one of the things it gives you access to is this Discord server. There's a lot of conversations happening. There are a lot of events that happen within the server. Um, like guests come on and do like podcasts. There's a newsletter. Um, there are IRL events also. Like since, you know, certain things started to relax. Like we, we had an event in Miami during Bitcoin conference and then another event in Paris during uh, ETCC. And to get into this event, you just show that you hold these amount of tokens and now you have access to the event. So it's like a, the way they think about it is like a Soho house for the Web3 community. Um, and I, I, I get a lot of knowledge and insights from, from, from hanging out there. Let's chat about the crypto space then. What, what are you most excited about it for? So, um, I really like the sovereignty that it creates for people. It really gives you the ability to take ownership of your actions, like who you send money to, when you send them money, why you're sending them money, the things that you're purchasing, the things that you're lending your reputation to. And I think like Web3 gives all of those kind of like um, opportunities to, to anyone now specifically creators. And I think what it is enabling is like the ability for people to build a whole new internet. And that internet is like a lot of what we just, you know, been, even been talking about, just like this metaverse and this multiverse and, you know, things happening in real life, things happening online, build, you know, being a, owning your own business. Like, what does it mean to own your own business now? You know, you could be providing an online service. Like that's literally could be your business. You're providing, you know, uh, life coaching to someone all around the world. That's an interesting new business that exists today, right now. <laughs> um, or you're a newsletter creator or you know, there's this whole new horizon. And I think that Web3 really puts a lot of that power into people who are spending the time learning about its hands. Um, there's a little bit of a learning curve. So that's the, I think that's the biggest challenge because it's like a whole new language to almost like learn, but um, it's fun. I'm having a lot of fun. I buy NFTs. I buy crypto. I am really into the, the idea of using it for like regular banking. And I think it's like really cool. Like, like even like the, it brings me back to like buying sneakers. 
And, you know, there's a lot of people who are interested in the sneaker world and buying sneakers. And you pointed that out earlier. And people will spend money on a, a sneaker. They won't wear it. They'll put it online to, to, for sale. Sell it to someone who also doesn't end up wearing it. Maybe, maybe not. What are they trading? The JPEG, <laughs> right? They're just really they'd be like, look, I got this and I'll sell it to you. Now, the person who decides to end up wearing the sneaker, yes, they get that value out of it. But a lot of what's happening is just more like a reputation is being exchanged mm -hmm. and a contract for that reputation and also the physical, but so that we're going to see some of that happening and emerging. It's already happening. What, what NFTs do you buy? What, 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 have you got like a, a prized piece that you're protecting under lock and key? Oh man, I got, I got, uh, I got this Tom Sachs rocket. Tom Sachs. Yeah, it's a rocket. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, I'll, That's crazy. Uh, yeah, let me, let me, let me show y'all. Uh, I got this Tom Sachs rocket. And now the thing about it, so Tom Sachs is this well-known like contemporary pop culture artist. And he's, uh, he's done like, like collaborations with different brands like Chanel or just art that like, you know, utilizes different brand names. And he's a very like provocative kind of like thinker in the art space. And um, so I don't know if you can see that. But oh, that's my yeah, rocket, yeah. the Budweiser rocket. Now, when this launched, so so what it was was that like um, go to TomSacksRocketFactory.com, and so the day that it launched it was on a Sunday. Uh, you could connect your wallet and purchase a component to, to to a component of a rocket. So there were three types of components. There was a, a, a cone, the head of it, the middle, the body, and then the tail. So three components. And eventually the idea was that after the period of time when all the components were for sale, which was a week, you would have the opportunity to assemble your rocket. So depending on, now each of the components, there were 3000 components made. So it was like a thousand of each component. And of those thousand of like the, let's say the cone, there would be a logo on it or a sticker. A logo might be a Budweiser logo or a Chanel logo or a Macintosh logo or Adderall or something like that. And that would be on each of those, the head body cone. So now in that week's time, you could assemble your rock, your rocket. You could have a perfect rocket, which could be all one brand or a Franken rocket, which could be a mismatch of these different brands. And you assemble it. That once you assemble it, those three NFTs get destroyed and now you have one NFT. That's what I did. I bought three Budweiser's. I assembled my rocket. My rocket's name is Heisenberg. Once you <laughs> assemble the rocket, it is given a name. Uh, that name, my name was Heisenberg. Um, now, as of today, what has opened up is the chance to launch your rocket. What is happening is Tom Sachs Rocket Factory will pick 10 people and assemble the physical version of that rocket and launch it into the sky. And there'll be a video of that launch. Five of them will be perfect rockets. Five of them will be Franken rockets. If I recall correctly, the, 
those 10 will get the opportunity, I think, to trade in their NFT for the physical one. I think that's what it is. Or they just get access to it or something like that. So now you can have this physical Tom Sachs art piece. And Tom Sachs art goes for, you know, he's like a, he's, he's a, he's a reputable artist. And so I got a rocket. I'm very excited about my rocket. Um, it's so crazy, man. Like I listen to you talk about it. Like the people who are listening, who might have no fucking clue what NFTs are to explain it like that. They're going to be sitting there going, to be honest, what's this, what's this fuck, what's this yeah. fuck going on about? That's why I said it's like start learning a whole, like I'm talking, I'm talking slightly crazy. So, well, here's the thing. I didn't say something that was that crazy. I just said I bought a rocket and someone might launch it into the air. It could be a physical one, right? Like that might be happening. So that's what's the, like, like that's just like anybody's I'm buying, like I go to the store, I buy something and now I got that. That's what I did. The difference, the only difference is before it was ever a rocket or if, if, it, if, it, if it ever becomes a physical rocket for me, what I purchased was a certificate of authenticity for this art and the concept of this art, right? So what happens is that, and that it's called a non-fungible token, which is just a form of a smart contract. And what a smart contract is, is essentially a bunch of code that says this file exists on this, in this location and you have the right to sell it to someone else at your set price and if you buy it from me, I can set a mechanism that says, if you sell, if you sell what you bought from me, say I sold it to you for a hundred dollars and then you go and sell that for a thousand dollars, I could set in the contract that I get 10% every time that gets sold like that. It's crazy. So like NFT collectors will be on there all day sort of looking for the latest so they can sort of add in these contracts and stuff. Is that what you're saying? Like what are the trends now? Like I'm sure you got lots of friends who are playing in the space as well and interesting things like rockets and stuff. Like what are the trends you're seeing in that space? So there are people who are just collecting it like crazy? There's people who are collecting it like crazy. There's like, I would say it's in the thousands of people. Um, I'm not sure if it's in the millions of people either. I don't, I'm not a statistician like that. But what is happening is like there's, there's, there's speculators. There are people who are buying and selling because they are interested in gambling, essentially, which is like trading crypto also or trading stocks. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's not gambling. Like I think that stocks um, are gambling. So it's, it's people who have that appetite for speculation. And then there are people who are interested in trading art. There are people who deeply believe in digital art. I'm one of those people. I grew up a digital person. Um, you know, like when, when I talk about like me being able to like have music files and trade them to front, like that was, that's what was going on. And so I like, as we increasingly are online, there are things like filters that you have on social media. There are things that you buy in video games like Fortnite. Um, there are things like when you have a ticket, you buy a ticket to the airline and then you're able to go on the airplane. Um, you don't have to have the physical version. You can just get on with the ticket, right? So those are digital goods. And so there's value in different types of digital goods. 
And I'm one of those people that believes that there's value, um, specifically even in music. Music is digitally created today. Almost like 90% of it probably is made digital first, meaning the, 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 the first uh, way someone gets to hear it is through a digital file because it was produced in a digit using a digital product. <laughs> and so there's value in that to me. And so there's people who also have a huge like uh, sentimental interest in these digital files. Also like the actual, like, like there's people who love these rockets, how they look, right? Like that's what art is. Like art is that's, it's just like people who are like, oh, I love this. It's in my wallet. Look, I own this. And there's people who are like that. So, and then there's people who are using it to, to game also. There's this huge play to earn economy developing. There's this platform called Axie Infinity, A-X-I-E. It's blowing up in the Philippines. People are like bringing themselves out of poverty by playing this play to earn game where it's like essentially right now, the three of us, if we got together and we bought some Axies and we also bought some, uh, Act some some tokens. They have their own token. We could start a guild, and we could say to people who know how to play this game, Axie Infinity, because it's just like a game, like a Pokemon type game. Hey, we will fund you playing Axie Infinity. You can make some money with us from our guild, and people are doing that because they're playing. They're playing to earn. It's fire. It's incredible. It's crazy things going on, man. I want to touch on you. You're working with. <laughs> working with people like Grimes and being like, she's obviously got someone like Elon in her corner who is, if anything, like the pinnacle of tech craziness. Does it give, do you feel that pressure associated with like, fuck, I better be on my game here. I better know my shit. Otherwise, you know, like. You're playing in a very high level space. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, it's, it's fun to me. It's like my, it's my actual passions and interests. So, you know, I find my, I find the ways that I, you know, want to be, innovative i think you know you know that's also the way grimes sees it like she was very fascinated with how technology works and the things that she could do to be innovative and impactful creating or using technology and like that's that was how they met you know it's it's like public knowledge they met online on twitter right that's you know through through a shared love of like philosophy and history um and so like that answer, like, so when I see that and I see how she approaches just the space of technology, it's like, okay, yeah, that's why we get along because we're approaching it from the same way. It's like, there's ways to be the most innovative for yourself. Um, I like that. Oh, I love hey, that. What are you excited about for the rest of the year? It's like halfway through August. What's on your plate? What's coming up? We are gearing up to drop the next product. Uh, from Create Safe, which is exciting. We, you know, um, it centers around right now just the focus on uh, giving artists a tool to certify the authorship of like their productions. You know, production is very is the is a very important process to making music. And when you get that right, when you when you when you when you at source are able to give any creator the ability to um, certify authorship and ownership and transfer that, 
with who they're collaborating with, it opens up the opportunity to sell that music. So that's where our, this core product that we've been building is focused. And it's very, yeah, we're very exciting and we're just, you know, pushing towards getting it out. I don't really have a timeline um, because we're just like, you know, going through the process of like trying to get simple with our approach and how we launch it, like how we were simple with the, the record deal simulator and publishing simulator and like how it was presented and how it works. So, yeah. Well, tell us about like keeping it simple. I, I read a book, I think it was the product dude from Apple and it, it was about like insanely simple stuff. So when you're thinking of these technology and stuff, it, like the user focus and stuff, do you see it always through that lens? Um, what I recognize most of the time is I like simple things also. And I think that everybody always tends to have like really good ideas. We all have good ideas, but getting them to fruition to where like you think you can make it so that a lot of people want to use it, it takes you to have a disciplined, disciplined approach around saying like, this is exactly what it is. So being able to once again, be like, this is what this product so that anyone can understand how to use it and how to talk about it. And that's a language thing. And it's like, if you can be good at that, so that's my approach to simple, is if you can be good at the, like, the language of explanation, that's how you get to a great product. That's how you get to doing your job really well. That's how you get to accomplishing things because you're just able to be like, simple and explicit and effective boom 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 <laughs> um and also maybe empathetic you know like uh when you're able to do that that's probably like the the keys to uh how i work on being more simple it's very challenging hey before we let you go our partner of the show heaps normal they're a non-alcoholic beer company the question we ask all our guests is what is your version of heaps normal what's the thing that you turn to when you need some energy back in your life so I would call it spiritual technology. And it's something I've you know, worked on discovering and also developing over the last 10 years, which is the idea that the way the human body works is like, if you provide it with the right energy, uh, you are able to be your best self, which is essentially your spirit, right? And so it's like, I fall back on essentially like seven sort of like key principles. It's breathing, which also leads to meditation, um, some form of like exercise and keeping it more so on the spiritual front. It's like there are things like Qigong or yoga that is like a moving way to breathe um, and, and or meditate. Um, so it's like all about like how are you music, moving the breath through your body, which is essentially your energy. And then like reading. So like essentially like uh, placing really like positive thinking into my mindset. Um, being vocal, like vibrating, right? Like, like, like uh, that's what the, 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 the awesomeness for music is. It's like, it's a vibrational feeling. Um, so even being like, like take, you can take the time sometimes to just be like, I'm going to yell, I'm going to growl, I'm going to sing, you know what I mean? All these different things that like, it, it's like when you're vibrating like that, you're being expressive. Um, and so then creating, 
right? Like whether it's like writing, taking notes, doodling, doing something that feels like you're actively expressing yourself um, with a with a end goal. And then dot, like, like actually what I'm putting into my body, um, that's a whole other like thing, but just like, you know, like, I guess going back to what you're, you know, the, the sponsor, it's like, um, I know that fat is really good for me, like good fats, like power me, give me energy. Um, so finding out what those things are that give you energy, you got to figure that out. It's like, not, I, I don't think that everybody's the same. And then um, acts of service, like doing things for other people. Um, Cause that is what moves you sometimes like giving you give, like that, like creating purpose. I like that, man. I love that. You give me so many ideas. And I think like what you're saying, like actively expressing yourself, bringing the energy and stuff like that and breathing, man. We just we recorded a pod the other day with uh, Shana Kennedy and she's a life coach. And one of the things that she said is people don't breathe enough. They're very shallow breathers. And like you said, that is the energy. That is the stuff that's pumping through your body that uh, makes you think a bit clearer. So yeah, yeah thank, thank you so much for jumping on and let us pick your brain. It's been unreal and uh, excited to see and follow along with all the things that you're pumping out into the world, man, because I'll tell you what, it's been, uh, this chat's been unreal. Learn heaps, learn heaps. Yeah, thanks. Um, this was awesome. I can't wait till things open back up and we're allowed to travel and stuff because I can't wait to party with Dude. Don't worry about that, mate. I reckon uh, we throw back some uh, some beers. Don't worry about that. I just think that this is one of those episodes where you realize how lagging behind the Australian market is. Yeah. There's a bit of a reality check going, oh, there's some people, there is some people doing some cool things, but nowhere near as many cool people doing things as there are in other countries. Oh, mate. And it just, yeah, it felt, I felt really behind and I felt like, yeah, but it was just good. I feel like he explained everything in a really crazy way. Like some of the trends, like the golf, the golfing trends and stuff like that and how, how people perceive things, the brand. I don't know, man. It's just crazy. I feel like uh, we need to maybe delve more into this and, and get more people in this space on because I feel like that it ignited a flame in me. Oh, 100%. This was a fun one. So if you're new to the pod, we drop guest episodes Monday, Thursday, snacks, pods. They come at you hot Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and we'll be back at you again with another pod tomorrow morning. See you then.